Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And Apple actually had some news this week about Apple Business Connect, Apple Podcast Delegated Delivery. And we have lots of rumors from reliable sources about touchscreen Macs, maybe even a Mac Pro coming this spring and Apple VR. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. And joining me for the first time in 2023, my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? Oh, hello. Of course. Are we out of that stretch where... Uh, you can say Happy New Year to each other. Are we just a little bit too far? You know, I've been wondering about this, William. I feel like you get till at least January 15th, and the first time you see someone in those first 15 days, you can say it at any point. Okay, thanks. And I think after the 15th, you got to end. You know what I mean? So, All right. Happy New Year, William. <laughs> happy New Year to you, too. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's wonderful to talk to you again. We're in the new year. New rumors. My goodness, and I... Yeah, yeah, you notice all those things you listed, none of them included anything about the colors. Oh, that Not is a true. single leak about colors anywhere. That is true. Well, Lee, I left that to you, and the Apple car, of course, as well. That's your specialty. Yeah, that's due uh, at WWDC oh. in uh, blue and mauve, I think. Mauve yeah. <laughs> in chartreuse, in uh, salmon. Well, it's, I suddenly realized it's got to have a trim. Hasn't it? If oh, it's going to look true. sporty. Right. So, mode, aluminium. Aluminium trim. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you can do Is that. Is that the strongest? I just remember in Back to the Future Part Two, there's yes. a moment where they're considering landing the car on top of uh, Biff Tanner's car. This is the detail you want to hear. <laughs> and they decide not to because he's in some 1950s, I don't know, iron car and they are in an aluminium. DeLorean. Okay, now wait a minute. You seem to know the intricate details of Back to the Future Part 2. You still won't watch Ted Lasso, huh? I mean, that's just, I don't get the equation there. (laughs) Right, is that how it works? These are the only two options, and I went one way, you went the other. I didn't know, I don't know if I would have pinned you for a Back to the Future guy. In all seriousness, I'm obsessed with time uh, in all my writing and things. So wait a minute, wait a minute. That's why you like Arrival then. Because that's like the ultimate uh, yes, time paradigm. Yes, it is. Um, and the, the shock of arrival for me is that I went to see it. I, I, I didn't even know the title. I went in with a friend. We were going out for the afternoon. I knew nothing about it. And then it turns out to be about this deep obsession topic yes. of mine. Yes. We should, uh, I should have you on my movie podcast, William. We should talk about Arrival. I rewatched it uh, just uh, last week. I, yes. I re- it was a rewatch for me, but I showed it to my kids for the first time. Oh. And uh, everybody loved it. It is, it oh. is very good. Very, very good. Good. Oh, that's made my day, that has. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. So we're going to talk about uh, Apple TV Plus also because Eddie Q celebrated everything, including William Gallagher. Oh, no, wait a minute. He hasn't watched Ted Lasso yet. Eddie Q was going to celebrate that, <laughs> uh, but he couldn't. But anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, three five-star reviews. Gabriel Carroll, 88, from Great Britain. Oh. I don't know if he lives near you, Gabriel Carroll. Yeah, he's... Uh... Yeah, just down the road. Yes. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I, thought. That's what we, I thought. We see each other on bin day. You know, but that's about it, really. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is Bin Day Garbage Day? Is that what that Bin Day is? Yes. Yeah, when you put the bins out, you have a chat (laughs) with your neighbors. You wave. It's very uh, friendly. Bin Day. I learned a new... All of England does it at the same time, and um, that's how we know each other. Do you guys sing and dance to it, like Mary Poppins? Is it like a whole production? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. (laughs) I just learned a new term, Bin Day. I didn't know Bin Day was a thing in the UK. All right, you got poppers and Q and Bin Day and trousers. All right. Okay. <laughs> right, I'm just processing that string of words. I know, I know, the stream of, of uh, UK terms, I think. Anyway, Chris54 from the USA and Matt N-E-Y-C from the USA as well. Thanks for those five-star reviews. Oh. Now, uh, real quick, iOS 16.3 developer beta 2 was released. Doesn't seem like there's any new features or any news from there. 
but it is one step closer from being publicly released. I am so looking forward to 16.3 because 16.2 has been quite buggy for me, at least, especially the HomeKit architecture. I'm not going to get into that again, but screen time settings and a bunch of other things. So hoping that this is a big bug fix focused release. Uh, have you had bugginess in 16.2? Uh, do you know, I can't remember if I'm on 16.2 because my life is spent trying to fix HomeKit in general at the moment. <laughs> I changed Wi-Fi networks and it has destroyed oh, everything. Oh, never do that. It's just killing me trying to get this stuff oh. uh, back. And I'm considering moving house. That's where I've got to. <laughs> That's going to be your solution. Just move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame mm-hmm. you. The HomeKit stuff. Don't. Uh, I'm not going to get started. I'm not going to get started. Okay. No, no. No, no, no. Apple Business Connect. This was a new announcement. It was an Apple Newsroom article. We covered it. Apple Business Connect is now a new portal where businesses can go in and manage their Apple Maps location. And I think this is great because before there was an Apple Maps portal where you could go as a business and edit your location, like claim your address and get your business name and stuff on there. But this is now a little easier. I think you'll be able to add additional information for your business directly into the Apple Maps location listing. And I had several people on Twitter ask me, you know, what about Yelp? And I have to imagine that in the near future, Apple is trying its hardest to not have to integrate Yelp into their business locations. Because if you look up a business in Apple Maps, you search for restaurants or whatever, all the images there are still sourced by Yelp. And if you tap one, it's a really bad experience. You get thrown out of Apple Maps. It opens Yelp or asks you to install it if you don't have it installed. And you have to browse all the images in Yelp. And so I imagine this is kind of another step in that direction to really become self-sufficient in all of the Apple Maps business location areas, especially photos. You know, you can thumbs up businesses now. So Apple's trying to build those ratings, but it takes time. You have to have people upload these images to different locations. So are you an Apple Maps guy or Google Maps guy? I don't know if I've ever asked. Apple Maps, actually, I find the design of Google Maps irritating. And I had one one very bad experience at Apple Maps where it got me lost but on the same trip, I thought, right, that was it. I'm going to Google. Google Maps got me lost as well in exactly the same place. So if they're not going to work, <laughs> um, I did have one problem, actually, with uh, this new Business Connect thing. It's just a small thing. Um, it didn't work when I tried it. Oh, really? Apple Apple announced this, and the links, uh, they got in. You follow it through to a special page to verify that you are you know, who you say you are and not ne- the next right, door right. business. Um, and it just keeps looping and looping around the Apple ID thing. Mm. Obviously early days, but it's weird that they would announce it before it was actually ready. I mean, I'm sure it is now. Yeah. That's weird. 20 minutes later, it was probably ready, but it felt like a bit of a slip. You know, here's a yeah. link. Click the link. It doesn't work. It did. It did work for me. I was able to log in with my Apple ID, and then it goes into, you know, for all your business information, one number you need, at least here in the U.S., is your DUNS number, your D-U-N-S which most businesses are like, what's that? And then, you know, you have to contact that HR person that worked at the business 80 years ago and (laughs) they have the Dunn's number. Oh, is that as as in Dunn and Bradstreet? Yeah. Uh, D-U-N. I think so. I've heard of that company, but I didn't know that they had... Well, we have companies house here and there will be a business number there, but, uh, well, I'm glad it didn't work for me then. I would have fallen (laughs) at that hurdle. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of an annoying number to get especially i don't know if you're a private business i don't even know if you get one Mm. like if you register for an llc here in the u.s but anyway uh, you will be able to upload logos graphics and images it's called the showcases which is a new feature in what apple calls the place card and it quote helps businesses present customers with offers incentives like seasonal menu items product discounts and more so that feature is supposedly available today and you have to have all your business information at hand uh, when you sign in 
But hopefully people get in there. And because a lot of times I actually just ran into this. I was searching for something nearby and it just is not registered in Apple Maps, the location name, the title, and it just does not show up. And it's in Google Maps, no problem there. But the entire staff of this establishment use Android phones, unfortunately. And so like they never realized (laughs) that it was not available in Apple Maps. So hopefully this brings a little more attention to that. Another announcement from Apple actually earlier this week was Apple Podcasts Delegated Delivery. I don't know if this name really describes the feature precisely, but Mm. basically what this is, is if you want to offer paid content in Apple Podcasts specifically, which we do that for the Apple Insider Show, if you want to get the ad-free version of the show, you could subscribe directly in Apple Podcasts, and then your feed basically just changes over. You don't really do anything. You don't have to add another RSS feed, like if it was from Patreon or Memberful. You just get the ad-free episodes automatically, and it's really great. It's a seamless process, but for the creator, I have to go in and upload an audio file directly in the Apple Podcasts dashboard, in addition to things like Patreon and wherever else. Delegated delivery will actually allow you creators to send paid for or subscription content into the Apple podcast system. So people who subscribe there can listen to your ad free versions and you can deliver it from your podcast host. So when I go into transistor, which is where we host our podcast, that you can actually send both the public free episode to everyone via RSS. And then you'll be able to send the ad free version directly into Apple podcasts, all directly from your host interface. And so it'll cut down on that additional step of logging into Apple Podcasts and doing all that. It works with four hosts right now, which is like RSS, Omni Studio, Libsyn, and Blueberry. And then Buzzsprout is coming on later this year, Acast, Art19, and then other podcast hosts probably later than that. But it's it's a welcome feature, especially for podcast creators. So I'm excited for it. So you're able to actually do uh, It seemed to me that without Acast, which at least at one point was the biggest here in the UK, uh, that it didn't feel like it was, you know, fully baked yet. But uh, even though I don't think you're on any of the four services, you are still able to do something with uh, transmission, did you say? Well, I will not be able to right now. Um, this oh, is, right. you that's, have to be, coming. yeah, you have to be hosting your podcast on one of those four that are available right now. Right. And the other ones will hopefully enable it because it's, it's this API connection. So you would have to go into Apple podcasts, you create an API key, you connect that to your podcast host. Like it, it will be a process. Hmm. And again, most podcast hosts don't offer this right now, but hopefully later this year, maybe even early next yeah. year, they'll, they'll all adopt this, but it'll be yeah. a welcome feature when that happens. Hard to imagine they won't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think most will. So, yeah, excited for that. Good to see Apple just improving the Apple Podcasts product and service continually also. Like, there's just always new things coming. And so it uh, gets, makes me excited. It, it, I'm glad that, well, I made this video, I think, early last year, basically when Spotify was trying to, like, buy up all these exclusive shows and take over the podcasting industry. I was really hoping that Apple would jump in there and start creating better tools for creators, really push Apple Podcasts as a service to compete with Spotify. And so I'm I'm glad for this because it creates more competition in the field. And they're not just giving Spotify carte blanche, whatever they want with podcasts. And right now, Apple Podcasts is still the leader in listenership. So 38% of people listen to podcasts in Apple Podcasts and then 26% in Spotify, which Spotify has grown quickly in just the last couple of years. But it's still second place. And so Apple Podcast still has an edge over Spotify and then all the other third-party services underneath that. Do you still use, uh, what do you use still? Pocket Cast? 
We're using podcast? No, I'm using Apple's own podcast oh, app. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, it's weird to think that it's down to the 30% now because Apple really started all of this. So at some point oh, yeah. it was the 100%. Yeah. It's, it's fallen a long way. Well, the, at first it was iTunes. Subscribe to a podcast there. Sync it to your iPod. And that was the only way to listen to podcasts or listen to your Mac. Yes. And I, listen, I did that, William. I was doing that. Yeah. Were you doing that? I was doing that, and I was creating a podcast, uh, hand coding yes. the RSS feed to upload it. Yeah, <laughs> the kids today, they don't know what They don't like. know, William. Cobalt Streets. Yeah. So we talked about our old podcast, and actually there is a bonus episode. If you support oh, yes. the Apple yes. Insider podcast directly in Apple Podcasts, you can listen to William and I's old podcast. It's a bonus episode available only to paid supporters uh, but yeah that's back yeah. there at risk of being just slightly off message don't subscribe to us don't <laughs> don't there's no need it's no, fine do not listen no 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 <laughs> they were great episodes but yeah i was hand coding i had a, a text file on my mac would open yes. that up you copy and paste the episode code you know because you don't want to screw anything up you know what i mean you miss a bracket no. That's it. It's yes, over. <laughs> that was it. Oh, the frustration <laughs> when it wasn't working and it turned oh, out yeah. to be a space in the wrong place or a yeah, missing bracket. Exactly. Yeah. You, you open CyberDuck and you upload your your XML oh, file and replace the old one. Man, that, those were the days. Was that what I used? I can't even remember. There was Transit. Yeah. Transit. That was mine. That's what I used. Yes. Transit was a nice one, but yes. you had to pay for it. So I, I was using the free CyberDuck oh, really? <laughs> tool. Hmm. CyberDuck was great. You, it's still great. You can still use CyberDuck today. It's a free free app. CyberDuck. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I'd be talking about CyberDuck today. But anyway, uh, there's another newsroom release. This was at the very beginning of the week, but Eddie Q... It's kind of like a long letter celebrating all of the accomplishments from Apple services and entertainment divisions. It says over 900 million subscribers to Apple services by this October 2022. So I imagine this year, maybe in the very near future, we're going to hit a billion paid subscribers to Apple services. Mm. And he celebrated things like Apple Arcade adding 50 games. Apple Music exceeding 100 million songs. Ted Lasso was most Emmy-winning comedy for the second year in a row. <clears throat> Apple Fitness I'm sorry, Plus. I didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you didn't catch it. Because actually, my mind's on the fact that a uh, hundred million people should be watching Slow Horses on Apple TV. And next Monday, uh, after this recording, uh, the Writers Guild of Great Britain has its big awards night. So I'm going there. Oh. Amazing do for it. And Slow Horses got Apple's first ever writing nomination in the Writers Guild. So it's wow. around there to root for them. Yay, okay. Slow Horses. Yay. Slow Horses. And uh, <gasps> not Ted Lasso. But you anyway. I haven't seen it. Oh. I saw right. I, I saw short episode today. Uh, no, no, no. no. Listen, listen, listen. I saw the first episode. And I thought it was good. It just it didn't it didn't catch me. All right. Maybe I need to read the script first. Well, weirdly enough, I did read the script. <laughs> oh but afterwards. my goodness! Yes. <laughs> so, what? What in the world? Is that your normal practice? You just normally read the script before you watch something? No, in this case, it was months afterwards. The whole series had gone, and I had the opportunity to read the first episode. I read a script oh. every day just for fun. Today, I read some scripts from Fame, the 1980s show. You know, it's wow. whatever I can get, whatever's available, and it is fascinating. Uh, in the case of Slow Horses, what was really interesting to me was that, very unusually, the script included lots of alternative takes, alternative dialogue, like they were giving themselves much more than usual options in the editing later. So that oh. was just riveting. 
piece of document, but I also enjoyed the series immensely. Uh, Will Smith wrote that first episode, but then there's also Moana Banks doing others, quite a few writers on it, and it's, uh, yeah, both series. Two series so far, more to come, can't wait. Okay, very good. Now, interestingly, Surface's Vice President Peter Stern actually has left Apple. He was there for six years, and he helped build the subscription services like Apple Arcade, Apple Books, News Plus, Fitness Plus, and all that. He was seemed to be the successor to Eddie Q, but now he's left. Yeah, he's no longer at Apple. So curious how they will work that out. Curious how long Eddie Q will be there. I mean, he's he's been a long-standing figure in, in Apple, though less visible. You know, he used to be on stage during the keynotes announcing things, but I don't think we've seen him in, a, in an event for a long time, as long as I can no, remember. No, that's true. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Do you think, I know a lot of media companies, uh, BBC I'm thinking of really, a way to advance in the BBC is to leave the BBC and come back at a higher level. Does Apple do that or does Apple tend to keep people in its own little nest and grow them internally? I I think the latter. I feel like it's really a homegrown situation and you don't really have outsiders coming in as like SVPs, you know what I mean? I, I don't. no. At least I'm not, I'm not too familiar, but I don't think so. I don't think that's usually the case. Although this year, they're, they're going to have to replace Evans Hankey, aren't they, as a chief designer? Right. Um, yeah. But but that's st- still, there could be somebody internally. We don't know. Right. Good point. I wasn't thinking. I feel like their, their culture is so ingrained from the beginning that mm. to bring someone in at a, a high leadership level, you know, I feel like that would be, I don't know, it would take a long time. It would have to be someone unique. Maybe someone who had been at the company earlier. I don't know. Mm. Now, we have a ton of rumors to get through, um, some of them from Mark Gurman and Bloomberg, which, again, his accuracy and track record has been pretty good the last few years. Some from Quo, which is, you know, still okay, but a little spotty. But the biggest one probably is the touchscreen Max. Mark Gurman came out and said that in 2025, which would have sounded really far in the future, but now that we're in 2023, we're talking only two years away that Apple will release an OLED-screened MacBook Pro that will support both touch input and gestures. Basically, what we're talking about is a touchscreen MacBook Pro. Now, this is interesting because, one, I mean, Steve Jobs, if you remember the keynote on the iPad release, Steve Jobs was like, no one wants to hold their hand up and touch a computer monitor all day, which I would be inclined to agree. But Mm. German says that apparently Apple is now reconsidering so much so that they'll debut one in a couple years. I'd be curious your thoughts on this, William. We don't really have many other details about that, just that it would be a touchscreen MacBook Pro. On Twitter, there's like vastly differing opinions. One is like, no, I never want this ever. Others are like, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I feel like you could have a touchscreen and just never touch it if that would be mm. your your True. case. You know, I feel like my iPad Pro, when it's in its magic keyboard, I don't typically touch the screen. You know, it's only, it's more when I'm editing podcasts with Apple Pencil oh. that I touch it. You know, you, you don't have to touch the screen. But uh, I don't know. Do you feel like you would like a touchscreen MacBook Pro? Previously on yes. this topic, I would have said no because I I bought that whole line about nobody wants to reach. I've, I've had friends who have touchscreen PCs and at first you think, oh, that's really rather nice. And then after a bit, you just, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. You don't use it. But what you just said there about the magic keep board and the ipad mine's the reverse i find i am touching the screen more and that did occur to me the other day that this is a, like a laptop configuration maybe i'm wrong maybe i would use it 
more. But I suppose I don't have an Apple Pencil. Yeah. And all I'm really doing is swiping and resizing things. So nothing very much. I guess the biggest thing is the software, namely macOS, how would that have to change to accommodate touch input? Many thought that when the control center was kind of redesigned and there's now larger click targets on Mac, that that might be in preparation for a touchscreen. You know, if you open control center right now on your Mac and you look at like the display slider for brightness or the sound slider, it really feels like you could just reach up and drag those sliders with your finger because they look more like touch targets than they do click targets. Same thing with like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, or their big round circles. And it looks like you could just tap it, you know, with your finger. But aside from that, you know, there's still every other app and interface, like in Safari. I'm looking right now at my favorites bar in Safari. And, you know, those are very small touch targets. I don't know if I would want to or care to reach up and tap it with my finger as opposed to just use the trackpad if I was on a MacBook Pro. So I don't know. I mean, if they added functionality like Ferrite, the podcast editor that I use to edit every podcast I do, if you could get that on a Mac and then use the Apple Pencil on it, that sounds tempting. But then what would you, how would you hold it? You know, would you put mm. <laughs> put the screen in your lap and like the keyboard sticking up in the air and try to like edit that way or hold your hand up and edit the whole time? Like, I, I don't think yeah, I would want to do either of those. I don't know. So I take it you never find when you go between the iPad and the Magic Keyboard and the MacBook that you start touching the screen on the MacBook like an insane person, <laughs> like, like, like me. I think I've done that once ever maybe. Hmm. I don't know why. It was kind of – it was instinctively – I think it might have been where I was using my iPad in the Magic Keyboard a lot. Hmm. And I hadn't used a MacBook for a while. And then I went back, you know, and so there was an instinctive like reach up and touch something. But otherwise, I, I don't uh, I don't think I would do that reflexively. Do you? Maybe it's just me. Uh, yes, it's happened several times. But then oh. the other day I was reading a hardback book and I double tapped on the paper, expecting <laughs> a definition of the word. You know, did you so really? <laughs> I really did. Yeah. That's yeah. that's hilarious. Now wait a minute. You can well, 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 uh, hold on now. Hold on one second now. Wait a minute. Yes. What app were you in when you were doing that? When when you double tap to get the definition? Just Apple Books? Uh, is it double tap? Um, I double tapped it for it. I think it was just, uh, let me just try. Oh, it's not weird. I'm trying it on my Mac and it's not giving me what I need. Maybe it's an iPad thing. Typically, I tap and hold on a word, it highlights, and then I hit look up. Oh, well, that's why it didn't work then. Otherwise, if I <laughs> would press and held. <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, thanks for putting me right there. I will try that tonight. Yeah. Now, you can right click a word on Mac. And then click look up from the contextual. Oh, actually, menu. on the Mac, I have a, a keyboard shortcut. Uh, isn't oh. it Command Apple D or something? That uh, isn't that funny. You use something until you your fingers know it more than your mind does. It's something like Control Apple D that uh, okay. looks up a word or D for dictionary. That would make sense. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You know, actually, why does Apple call it look up on some platforms, but dictionary on another? I think it's look up everywhere now because on the Mac. When you right-click, it says look up and then the word in quotation. And in Apple Books, like on your iPhone, you click and hold to highlight a word, and then you hit look up as well. And it, it says dictionary once the menu comes up, but it, that's it. So is there logic that you wouldn't know the word dictionary unless you'd looked it up first? <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's the case. 
let's see what is the okay. is the app called look up now no the app is still called dictionary on mac so oh, no we've we're got still, to change that clearly yeah it just <laughs> called the look up app this <laughs> is the look up app so i don't know i mean we're a couple of years away from this you know one of the other rumors was that oled would be coming to macbook pros in 2024 for oled not just not touchscreens per se but this was ming chi kuo saying that macbook pros will go oled and there's several oled rumors this week Although Apple Watch, the rumor was that they'll go from OLED, which they are currently OLED screens, to a micro LED screen, which is kind of the cutting edge display technology. There was several TVs and displays at CES that were trying to show off micro LED, but it is a very advanced technology, very difficult, I think, to manufacture at the moment. But they were going to try and move Apple Watch to that. That was one of the rumors, but OLED coming to MacBook Pro. So I'm not sure. I would have to play around with it and see. I'm I'm not totally convinced yet that this is a sure thing, but I don't know. I mean, we've heard about this for what, for years? We've had touchscreen Mac rumors. I feel like ever since the iPad came out. There's just a bit of me that feels like this is a feature because we've run out of other features that are useful. Um, it's like it's not a compelling app, killer app kind of feature that will make everybody switch from PCs to Macs. Sure. Uh, it just could be done, might be done. Well, and speaking of killer apps, one of the other rumors that German stated is that the Apple VR headset would be announced before WWDC this year. So we're talking like within the next three to four months, Apple would announce the VR headset. He still stands by that it was originally slated to be announced last year in 2022 oh, right yes i'd forgotten yeah. that Sorry. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but apple changed their mind they were busy staff holidays there was a party supply yeah. chain okay. and this and that you know eddie q's over there i don't know so for whatever reason it got delayed and so he's saying before wwdc this year which again you know he said 2022 last year and that didn't happen so he could always say it's delayed again but i want yes. to pair this rumor apple vr before wwdc with his rumor, again, this is still German from Bloomberg, that Mac Pro, the Apple Silicon Mac Pro that we still have not heard or seen of yet, is currently being tested with macOS 13.3, macOS Ventura version 13.3, and that it would be released with that version. And, you know, Mark Gurman's very careful with his words as to not, like, explicitly say Mac Pro coming this spring. Mm. But he says the Mac Pro is being tested with macOS 13.3, and the 13.3 update is most likely coming out this spring. The implication being, maybe we'll see the Apple Silicon Mac Pro at a spring event. So here's my prediction, William. I want to know what you think. Maybe we get a spring event like we did, what, two years ago? Some March, maybe April event. And the lineup for this event is this. We get the M2 iMac and Mac Mini both of which are overdue to get those chipsets. It'll be two years since the M1 Mac Mini was released. So we get an M2 iMac Mac Mini. That's how Apple opens the event. Then they announce the Apple Silicon Mac Pro. They show that off. Maybe they say it's available in a few months or whatever. And then the third announcement at that event is the Apple VR headset. Maybe the chip story, the Apple Silicon story carries through from the Mac Pro to the Apple VR. They announce the product. So at WWDC, they can announce the developer APIs and they can write apps for it. And then the VR headset goes for sale in the fall of this year. And get this, William, the tagline for this Apple event this spring is, believe it when you see it. <laughs> what do you think, William? Okay. 
You're applying to work at Apple there, aren't no. you? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, Apple PR wants to reach out. I'm all, I'm all ears. But, mm. you know, I think that's a pretty good tagline if they're talking about Apple VR, the Apple Silicon Mac Pro. I don't know. You don't think on your head be it, for example, <laughs> would be... Equally, <laughs> a, little, a little Shakespearean, but uh, I can see it. I can see it for the for the English release of yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, when it's available in the UK four years from now. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, harsh. sorry, sorry. Or maybe okay, no, maybe they'll open the event announcing the Apple Card is now available in the UK yes. and Canada. Maybe that's the opener, and then you can buy Apple VR on your new Apple Card. There you go. Maybe. Yeah, but I, I really don't think I'm going to. You listed all that very convincingly, I Thank thought, you. by the way. Thank Let's you. all remember this. Um, but I came by thinking, ooh, Mac Pro. I quite fancy a Mac Pro. Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, VR headset. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's great. Mac, Mac Pro. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods of managing your money. And say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. I love using Rocket Money. I've been using it for a while. That's because Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. I love it because, listen, you have so many streaming services, so many subscriptions, maybe in-app subscriptions, things that come from Apple and other places. And being able to see all of that in one place, you don't have to wonder what subscriptions you're paying for. Rocket Money will tell you. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about, like streaming services. You Maybe you paid for a month just to watch one show or that free trial you never even used, and then you forgot to cancel it. Well, Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want in their app Press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year, which is incredible. Again, I've used it for a long time. I've told you about my storage unit that went up in price and Rocket Money was actually the ones to let me know before the storage unit company let me know. I also realized I was paying for a streaming service that I wasn't even using thanks to Rocket Money and I was able to cancel it easily. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Apple Insider. That's rocketmoney.com slash Apple Insider. The link is also in the show notes. You can just click it there. Rocketmoney.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. Mac Pro, I, I am still very curious what the story is going to be modular is the word that everybody throws around. It's the word that Apple used to describe the 2019 Mac Pro, which is now four years old. Four years old, that Mac Pro. I actually Goodness. got a, a, a Facebook yeah. memory because I actually got a Mac Pro at my last place of work and I posted images of it. <laughs> and so this Facebook memory popped up and I was like, hey, that's the Mac Pro. Wait a minute, that was like three and a half years ago. And so wow. getting older, uh, which of course, you know, the trash can Mac Pro stayed out there for what, like, 11 years no that's not true <laughs> when, how long did that stay out there maybe Corona. seven or eight years i want to say 2013 to 20 2019 yeah. something like that so six Will that be six seven years i'm not sure i'm getting this one it just that's what sprung into my my head at the moment is full of macbook air because it's the 15th anniversary shortly and i'm writing oh. about that and it's riveting oh that's seeing true. how that little machine came yeah. along that mm. is good that is true well the mac trash can mac pro 
let's see. It says WWDC 2013. So, you know, this would be at the 10 year anniversary since the trash can Mac pro. Oh no. They could, Come on. <laughs> they could, they could have Phil Schiller get up there and repeat his line. Can't innovate anymore. My, as you know, Yes. And uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, see, everybody was was fumbling to mute it in their car because their kids were listening too. But, but no, this is a clean <laughs> show. It, that quote was there for the asking, wasn't it? <laughs> and you managed to skip over it just a little bit. <laughs> oh, touche, William. Thank you for that. That was it. That made my day. That's good. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like this Apple VR headset thing it has just been so rumored for the last two years. I I feel like even of my incredible pitch there, at least I will say, uh, if Apple's listening, you know, call me. I still think maybe what thirty percent. I think there's a thirty percent chance we'll see an Apple VR headset before WWDC. What, what do you did, give it? Oh, just the other day, I, where did I read this? I read someone saying Apple's VR headset is a flop, <laughs> and Meta's is the big success. What in the world? And, yeah, you're looking through, you're thinking, is this written by? M. Zuckerberg or something like that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Zark Muckerberg. And that's who wrote that. That's that's yes. who wrote that one. So, so weird. So I I don't know. I, I'm still very curious about this. Uh, my kids were saving their holiday money and were like, maybe we can buy a Quest 2. And I was like, no, don't buy the meta thing. You have to wait at least a few months until <laughs> June to see if the apples comes out because if apples comes out that's the one we're going to get but I don't know in in the UK there's actually a, a legal process by which your kids can divorce their parents uh, is that coming up in conversation for you at all at the moment no no I, I still pay for enough uh I, we get the good internet you know <laughs> okay. what I mean like they're, they're not going to go anywhere we got the fiber internet so yeah <laughs> the bonds of love in a family okay <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right that's right so some other rumor, we'll see about Apple VR. I'm not sure. What, what is your percentage uh, prediction here? What is the percent chance that we'll see the Apple VR headset before WWDC? I said 30. I, I truly can't call it. I'm 100% certain the car will be here next week. But for the <laughs> VR one, uh, I don't know. I think my problem is I can't conceive of a use for it that would be compelling enough yeah. for me to even care. If And you know Apple will find something. So it's have sure. they had time to find something? I, I don't know. Uh, it's a lack of imagination on my part, but I'm going to go lower than yours uh, okay. just just to see how it turns out. You know, they had uh, iJustine come out again to their Fitness Plus studio to do the kickboxing workouts that Apple Fitness Plus just launched. And we actually had a review on Apple Insider. I'll put a link to that. But we reviewed the kickboxing workout. And that was Lila Ryson, I believe. She actually reviewed it for us. So. Yeah, and that is a stunningly good review. I mean, I actually think that's gold standard, how reviews should be done. Extremely clear, very th- so tested out. Every detail, but not in some like massive list of things. It's a really good read-through process, and you come away knowing she knows her stuff, and now you do as well. Yes. That's exactly how reviews should be written, I think. I was deeply impressed with that, and the chance of me ever clicking on kickboxing on apple fitness <laughs> very low <laughs> that's yeah. that's what i was gonna say so you know apple vr headset maybe the killer app is kickboxing in vr no just kidding uh-huh. i mean maybe uh, the kicker app will be a fitness one um people hmm. listen people do it my friend nate he he does workouts in vr you know you can uh, do yoga on the beach in hawaii or whatever oh wow i don't okay. know you know that's a thing hmm. Well, anyway, last 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 few rumors here. These are mostly from Ming-Chi Kuo. 
He said 2024 next year. This is a long way away. I feel like some of these rumors are so far out. It's kind of like they're just, I don't know, saying these things. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the, uh, the time lapses. But anyway, he says a $99 pair of AirPods will come out in 2024 and the next AirPods Max model will ship second half 2024. So we're talking like almost two years away. We're talking like a year and a half to two years away. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what to do with that, William. I, okay, mm. cool. And then he says iPhone 15 will have no buttons. No physical buttons on this. That's this year's iPhone. iPhone 15 will have no buttons. And then iPhone 16 next year, so a year and a half away, will have under display face ID. Again, all that, again, Ming-Chi Kuo. I don't really buy either one, actually, William. I, I, think, this, I think this year's iPhone is going to have physical buttons. And I feel like we're still going to have face ID for several years into the future. Like I feel like that's a little ways away. I am certain that I'm going to buy an iPhone 14 Pro. I skipped... No, 15. I skipped the 14 say. Pro. I will buy the 15. Uh, but if he's right, that means the 15 Pro would be the last one with the dynamic island. And I'd feel like I was investing in dead technology even as I picked it up, if he's right. <laughs> sure. Which, oh, a uh, little tip for iPhone 14 Pro owners out there. I didn't realize you could do this. But if you have a live activity playing in the dynamic island, even if it's just music or a podcast, if you want to hide that wave fo- if you want to hide that waveform, or hide whatever's going on up there, you can literally just swipe across the dynamic island, like left to right or right to left, and it will hide it. It won't stop it, so the music or podcast will still be playing, but it will hide the live activity. And then you can swipe again to reveal it, to make it reappear. So I didn't know you could do that. So there you go, dynamic mm-hmm. island. So what are, you, what are you trying to hide in your podcast listening? Well can't talk about it that's otherwise i wouldn't be hiding it right. i walked into that one didn't i, I yes mean, i'm just saying okay. you know what i'm saying now i thought this was hilarious tesla uh, they tried to build an air power i don't know if you saw this thing but they've built this tesla wireless charger it supposedly uses this uh free power or whatever to charge up to three devices on this black pad it seems like three hundred dollars to buy this thing but we couldn't really show any pictures of it even in our article because it's under nda or whatever but apparently there's a USB-C permanently attached, a uh, USB-C cable permanently attached to the back of the air power thing. And then it plugs into a 65 watt brick. And apparently we were able to fit like two iPhone 14 Pros and a set of AirPods on this thing. I, I have no desire for this. I have thought about it, like, but no. I mean, MagSafe is great. I, I don't I don't want any air power like, you know, put this anywhere on the mat thing. I don't want the, I don't want it anymore. Do you want anything like that? Do you hope air power comes back? No, 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 no. I, I'm almost certain, tiny bit, that you used to be pro air power. Are you Are you just now, you're spurned. Apple has let you down. You don't want to know about it anymore. Take it all away. Well, the, the, I feel like the, the promise of air power was don't worry about where you're going to put it. Just place it anywhere on this mat and it will charge. Hmm. And, you know, how fast or efficiently it will charge <laughs> yet to be determined. But, you know, put it anywhere. And I have found now that we've used MagSafe for two, two and a half years, a year with the iPhone 12, a year with the iPhone 13, and now about four or five months with the 14. Yeah, so two and a half years. I've used MagSafe Mm. since day one. Yeah, that seems crazy, right? Like it's been, oh my goodness. Yeah, the theme of today to me is make me feel old. You know, how fast these things are going. I feel old old too. But the the MagSafe is just, it's so good and it's, it feels secure and it feels right. You know what I mean? Like when I put my iPhone on that Belkin tree 
it's charger and it's like securely in place. I know it's exactly in the right place. Yeah. It's charging as efficiently as possible. And now MagSafe, like we talked about last week, is being adopted into the Qi 2 standard. So we'll actually probably have more MagSafe accessories available in the near future because they can be made for Android or iPhones. I'm down. I just want, I want that little circle to tell me where my phone goes and to snap it in place so I don't have to wonder. And, I, you know, I don't need an open canvas to charge. Just give me a little puck. I'm good. I didn't know it was coming into Qi 2. So that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But that means to me that Android's going to get it as well uh, in some form. I, actually, don't they have it already? They have. Also, Android had everything first. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, um, strictly Burns. speaking, uh, Android gets everything first, but it's only on one machine out of a thousand different ones, and it doesn't always work. There was this thing I really fancied oh, years ago where if you put your phone down, uh, uh, display first on the desk, it would automatically go into Do Not Disturb. I thought that sounded so good. That was definitely a tick for Android. But then a friend who actually had one said it never works, and it's the only phone that does it in the entire range. Yeah. And that seems to me to be a kind of summary of Androidness. But I really assumed they had MagSafe or an equivalent. Already, what are they doing? Well, they they have wireless charging. They have wireless charging, and there's some Android phones. I don't know if it's an Oppo or something. I saw MKBHD talk about it, but that it has like 80 watt wireless charging, but it's very proprietary. Like you need that exact phone with the charger that they sell separately, of course, if you want their like oh, right. fast wireless charging. So. Yeah, they have uh, like their the wind p- has to be in the east, that <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. yeah. You need an eye yeah. of Newt and the toe of dragon. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> then it'll, uh, yeah, you could charge it 100 watts. Which, but- frankly, every Android user should get, I think. <laughs> so, you know, we're just talking common accessories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get them anywhere. You can get them down at Tarjay. But I, I, I like it. The, you know, the fact that MagSafe is going to be the ubiquitous charging standard, I think that's good. Because now we'll get everybody making MagSafe stuff, and then you can have more options to choose. I'm still very happy with with my MagSafe accessories. Do you still like your uh, Belkin tree? You got that three in one. Yep, I got that one because of you. I got that, and I'm very pleased. Yeah, yeah. With it, um, I've actually blanked on which battery charger I'm using at the moment. I have one that's very similar to Apple's MagSafe battery charger, but the grip is nowhere near as strong, and it doesn't last as long, and it's much thicker. But it comes right. with a kickstand and actually... Uh, is it the Anchor one? No. No. Yeah. No, oh, okay. it's not going to come. I'm sorry to the kind the people. Isn't it? Let's go with just no to all of these. <laughs> uh, but I gave away <laughs> my Apple one and um, really? I, I don't regret it. No, not much See, at all. And everybody loves to hate the Apple one. I'm, I'm down with it no, still. I'm fine with it. I thought I was being nice giving it away. Just maybe... A little too nice, but I like the uh-huh. things I've got, so you know, okay, whatever okay. they are. Yeah, very good. I got the new Belkin MagSafe charger for the car, so it, it comes with a USB mm. little plug, goes in the cigarette lighter, cable goes there, and then it's a MagSafe mount and charges the iPhone at 15 watts. I love it. It's great. I had the Belkin mount for the car that didn't charge, and then just recently the one came out that did charge. It's great. Love it. Cool. All right, chat GPT. Office 365, Microsoft actually wants to incorporate ChatGPT from OpenAI. Microsoft is investing in OpenAI, trying to further along this product. And Microsoft wants to integrate it into things, especially with writing text or even emails, integrate it in things like Word and Outlook. And, you know, based on smaller prompts, which, you know, you see sometimes in like Gmail or whatever. 
They'll offer like automated responses or try to predict what you want to say, but powered by chat GPT would be pretty amazing. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, William. Have you played around with chat GPT? No, I keep meaning to, and then I keep meaning not to. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> as long as it's used to write Wait, stuff that's only read by people who use it, then I'm fine. Yep, that's okay. Let now, it do its thing. Okay, but okay, but you are as a writer. I mean, have you have you seen what it can do? I understand there's some financial news reporting that's going on through. I think it's now. Sure wait a minute, are. you're you're being very very coy about this, but I, I I genuinely am curious. I mean, have you seen the results that this thing can actually give you? Not this one. No, I've seen earlier ones, different models. I I don't see it actually as it going off writing itself. It's still following the instruction of whoever set it up i've talked to a lot of ai artists for example and the artist is using it like a paintbrush their work through ai is different to anyone else's through ai i see it as a, a an extra tool a, a, a muscle for it rather than a replacement for artists so i presume it's the same for writers but the thing with writing is um Writing is not just the words you use, it's the words you don't use. It's the things you let people think. Uh, like you were saying about Mike uh, German earlier, uh, he listed out these facts that basically is saying to you, Mac Pro's coming in the spring, but the words don't actually say that. But still, he put it, <laughs> the idea in your head. Can an AI chat do that kind of thing? I don't know. Well, uh, I'm going to um, blow your mind here for a second, William. I just opened ChatGPT, mm. and I gave it this prompt. Write a sonnet in the style of Shakespeare about a man named William reviewing the iPhone. And it, it just spit it out. Are you ready? I'm going to read it. It's no, going to be a, a dramatic okay. reading. This is totally, I literally right. just generated it inside ChatGPT as you were talking. It says, <clears throat> Oh, William, with thy fair and curious mind, thou dost peruse the iPhone with great care. Thy fingers grace the screen with nimble bind as thou dost test each feature new and rare. Thy eyes alight with wonder and surprise, as thou dost marvel at the camera's might. Thy thumb doth swipe with practice steady guise, as thou dost explore the depths of insight. But ah, thy countenance doth soon betray a hint of disappointment, woe, and dread. For in thy heart doth linger doubts and fray, as thou dost compare the phone with what's been said. But still thy love for technology doth shine, and thus thy review doth end on a high line. See? Absolute proof. Total rubbish. Didn't mention the color once. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I mean, come on now. That's pretty good. Pretty good, right? That was fun, I thought. Yeah, actually. I thought there was a bit of a end. clunk towards the end. Um, it's conjured out of nothing, which means ultimately it is nothing. Um, true. You well, couldn't true. use it that for something true. else. But yes, it was a, a fun experiment and you delivered it very well. Thank so. you very much. I tried to do a dramatic reading. I will say with ChatGPT, I have made a couple of videos on like actual use cases. You can ask it for podcast equipment recommendations and it does a pretty good job. Like you can, you can actually ask it for like the best audio interfaces or podcast mics and it will actually recommend what I think a lot of people would recommend as good products. So it, that was interesting. And it also is a really great place to start when you need help with writer's block and SEO. And so one of the use cases that I put in a video was if I'm trying to title a podcast episode and I have the topics, but I just don't have the mental energy to like figure out an interesting way to say it, I can literally ask it, give me 10 podcast episode titles about blank, blank, and blank. 
and it will just spit out 10 ideas with those topics as a podcast episode title, and I can edit it further. And I think, like you're implying, like it's what it gives me today is not something that I would publish straight. Like I would massage the text a little bit and edit it or whatever. But as Microsoft invests in it and it, the technology grows like five years from now, probably won't need to be writing podcast episode titles. Like I could just go and like put the topics and just put the show notes inside of AI and it'll just give me the best SEO optimized title it, it possible. Just, I thought a key word that you said was Microsoft. I've got this image <laughs> of a, a, a AI written Microsoft driven mm. novel and somewhere in the middle of it, one character turns dramatically to another and says, fatal exception error, 008 at nine, press any key to continue. Yeah. <laughs> Control, alt, delete. <laughs> Control, yes. alt, delete. Hit it twice. Blue. <laughs> Chat GPT just says blue screen. Blue screen. Yeah, but finally we get some color into the episode. So, you know, swings and roundabouts Oh, there. my goodness. Okay. I, I'm genuinely curious. That, uh, you know, I'm not, not saying you have to do this. It's not an assignment. But for you to go in there and, like, give it some prompts to write you some stuff, I, w- I would be very curious your thoughts as a writer, as a technology person, what you think of it. Curiosity is a very good thing, isn't it? I wouldn't want to take that curiosity away from you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess uh, like Ted Lasso, that, that's the question. Will William try chat GPT or watch Ted Lasso first? Or will there be the heat death of the universe? One of those three things is going to happen first. We'll see. I, I'm hoping there are other options, but okay. <laughs> Leaning towards one of them. That's yes. it. Okay. Just those three. That's it. And so maybe we could uh, reflect here at the end on a more nostalgic note. The iPhone was unveiled 16 years ago as yeah. of January 9th. It was Sunday, January, um, let's see, was it January 7th, 2007? It seems like January 7th. Oh, goodness. I, I don't know if they, if we I... put it because of the day of the week or whatever, or because it, it did coincide with uh, CES. But I believe this was at mm. Macworld that Steve Jobs actually yes, announced it, it. Yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah. And so 16 years ago, the iPhone was announced, and then, of course, it went on sale in June, and that's when uh, it was publicly available. But Man, that that sounds both like a long time and also not long enough to have been living with these mm. devices. Like it feels like we've been living with these devices for decades, but also feels like it was just announced a few years ago. It's so weird. Does it feel that way to you? If it it absolutely does. And when you look at the presentation as and we're going we're calling it iPhone. It's just, well, what else would you call it? Of course it is. Oh, actually, that was new. Oh, all right. the I things have gone now from Apple. But right. uh, actually, if you look on YouTube, there are many, many copies of that segment of the presentation. But search for the full uh, keynote because yes. it is astounding how carefully, brick by brick, uh, Jobs lays out why Apple is doing the iPhone. By the end of his speech, before he said they're doing it, you expect apple is the perfect company to do phones i mean they'd never done a phone before they were being heavily criticized for coming into that industry but he made all these points about uh, mobile technology and made you make that connection really well through it it's absolutely fascinating piece of work uh to watch even now yeah and i still say it is a master class in not only presentation just the overall speech and how it was presented but marketing you know the way that he builds the story yeah. and the famous, you know, we're announcing three products today, a widescreen iPod, an internet communicator and a phone. Yes. You know, and it's 
all one, like every bit of it. And knowing the backstory and how everything was on a hair's breadth, the phone call that he placed (laughs) during the keynote, like there was a large percentage chance that that was just going to fail entirely. And there were many times where they did demos like the cover art flow on iPhone where it would glitch out in testing. But somehow it just all worked so smoothly and perfectly during the actual keynote. And, you know, I love these slides. I'm looking at our article right now. I love these slides showing the smartphones pre-iPhone. And I had some of these. I had some of these. I had a Palm Trio. Yeah. Yeah, I had a Palm Trio. I had a BlackBerry at one point. And seeing like the Moto Q, everything with these full physical keyboards. And just the revolution. I mean, this, like, we also have a little chart here. Samsung smartphones before the iPhone and then Samsung smartphones after. (laughs) And especially those early Samsung phones, it was like, you're not even trying to differentiate. You're just strictly trying to copy. Uh, Which was one of Steve Jobs' quotes, good artists copy, great artists steal. And, you know, I think now... Yes, but... Uh, I adore that quote from Steve Jobs, but because he stole it from Picasso. I no. just love that chain. Yes. Isn't that You just, just blew my tremendous? mind. <laughs> you just blew my mind. I didn't realize Pica- that was a Picasso quote. Yes. Oh, it's like a, a quote being itself as well as being useful. It's just, yeah, that was tickled me at the time. Yeah. So I, I imagine Jobs knew that then, right? He must have done. Uh, one of the odds, I think. Oh, my goodness. You just blew my mind for the second time in this episode. Wow. Anyway, it's it's very nostalgic. I, I still wish I had gotten an original iPhone. I didn't get it, as I've said before. iPhone 4 was my first one uh, that I ever got. And um, I wish I still had kept that, too. I don't have my personal original iPhone 4. I do have an iPhone 4 in the house that was like a relative's. And uh, I have the what is it? The grid studio. I forget what it is, but like the exploded iPhone in the frame. I still have one of those just to nostalgia. Oh yes. Yeah. Quite fancy one of those. I've got my original iPhone, but it stopped working or doing anything at all. It won't even power up now. So um, it's gone, but I can't get rid of it. It's too. No, no. Why is it? Why is it that we remember the launch of the iPhone so well? And you remember which one you got first? But nobody remembers when any particular Android machine came out, do we? It's just like they've been around. They're there. That is a good point. Or is that just me? Does it it feel like with modern iPhones, it's getting a little more like that? You know, I feel like sometimes people think, was it the 11 or the 12 that I had blank? You know what I mean? Or, you know, between the 12 and 13, some people said, oh, yeah, my last one was a, a 13. Actually, it was a, you know, I feel like now since the iPhone 11 and newer generations that it's less of a impactful, distinctive yeah. moment for people. I still think people Even remember today, the first one. Yeah. That's true. I, I talked about the iPhone 14 today when I met the 15. You know, and maybe that's <laughs> right. me. Maybe that's... Uh, let's put that down to the phones being very similar. Yeah, the one that hasn't come out yet. It's very similar <laughs> to, to well, all the others. And in our, in our realm, we're talking about five iPhones at any given time, you know, last year's model, the current, and then the three rumored. So it's, you know, it's harder (laughs) to keep track of them in our industry, I think. But I think for the common person, I think they know, they remember probably their first iPhone or maybe their first smart device, but I still remember, did you ever have a Palm Pre? Did you ever have one of those? Mm, I don't think so. 
I always, oh, okay. always went for flip phones mm. back in the day. I love ending a call with somebody by crunching the phone closed. It was just so much more satisfying. Than, Good, goodbye forever. Beep. You know, just goodbye forever. <laughs> so I would always go for those. That's what I went for. Yeah. It was funny. We went to Best Buy the other day, and my son saw the Samsung Galaxy Flip, and it blew his mind. He had not, he had not heard of those kinds of phones yet, and he was like, whoa. You know, the thing like flips open and closed. I was like, yeah, that is kind of cool, but no, we're not a Samsung family. We don't do that. We don't do that here. No. (laughs) Anyway, nice little nostalgia. So we'll put a link to that article in the show notes, and uh, and we'll see which one of us is correct about the Apple VR before WWDC. We'll see. All right, Joe. We're gonna put some. We're gonna make this interesting. We're gonna put some cash on the line. Oh man! No, no, I don't. (laughs) You just, you know. You just suggested and recanted it in the same breath. <laughs> to save you time, cut sure, the discussion sure. down, proposed, uh-huh. rejected. There you go. That's okay. That's fair. all right. Very good. Well, you can let us know, listener. You can tweet at William and myself, or we're on Mastodon. Although I feel like, oh, how do you feel about Mastodon, William? I feel like it, somehow it both it had this incredible surge of activity, and now it's kind of like slowly getting quieter. <laughs> yeah, you feel actually, I was thinking today. I I have to remember to go on it uh, now, so yeah. it's already slipping away from so. me. But I it, still, I really like the conversations on there. So you know, should yeah, yeah. I just more. Yeah. engagement wise, I just feel like there's not the same activity. But, but anyway, we're on there. You can follow William and I on Mastodon as well as Twitter. You can message us either place or at us in either place. And of course, you can support the show, like we said before, directly on Apple Podcasts or at patreon.com slash Apple Insider. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.